This is the Gary V Audio Experience. So why I actually invited you is because I have some amazing life coaches in Denmark that have a very important message for with mental health. And I have noticed that mental health is one of your favorite things to talk about. So can, can you tell me, and thank you for joining, but can you tell me for what, why it's so important for you to share so much about mental health in all your content for, for your audience? My whole life I've always thought about perspective, you know, how you see the world, optimism, a lot of emotional intelligence, long before mental health was something that people talked about in popular culture. I spoke about it privately with my friends and relatives and employees and acquaintances. I didn't call it mental health. I called it mindset. I called it the way you see the world. I called it feelings. But you know, it's important for me to talk about because I really believe that life is how you see it. There's seven billion versions of life. And I mean not seven billion different people. I'm talking about for you, the human being, there are so many different ways you can decide. It's incredibly easy for me in five seconds right now to say why my life wasn't great. I never do that, but I can speak to many things. I can speak to many adversities. I can speak to many shortcomings. I can speak to many moments that aren't fun or happy. I can't believe how challenging that is for me to do on a day-to-day basis and I'm grateful for that. On the flip side, I have unlimited people I know that are living spectacular lives in the context of eight billion people on earth and they spend 100% of their time thinking that their life sucks. Yeah. I think that's unfortunate. I want to be a superhero against that cause and also I believe that many people in the world, politicians, governments, businesses, parents, institutions and unhappy people weaponize negativity and fear to trigger people to fall even deeper into their predisposed concept of pessimism, cynicism, woe is me, half glass empty. And I would like to fight against that because I find that people that are happy, optimistic, uh, grateful like myself tend to not communicate enough about it. They actually sit within their own little ecosystem and so that's why I talk about negativity being louder than positivity and I take on that responsibility very much. I think the world right now, um, social media is exposing the truth which is that negativity is louder and better at recruiting. Yeah. And... uh, and I find myself as an individual who I think is very good at recruiting, uh, but just happens to believe in optimism and positivity and happiness and content. You know, I'm the most ambitious and most content person I know. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And I want How did you become that? Parenting, DNA, circumstance, nature, nurture. Um, okay. uh, having a propensity of being self-aware and then doubling down on it once I understood it was happening and knowing that it was good. Um, So these are the things I think about. And 
if if you should share a message to life coaches in in the year we are living in right now, that actually people are more depressed than ever, so life coaches is really in need. What would that be? My number one message for life coaches is to spend more time on trying to solve people's problems and spend less time trying to make money solving people's problems. Yeah? Yeah, my biggest observation is I have billions of, and in reality, it's only thousands. I have thousands of life coaches that are super fans, reach out to me, I've met along my journey the last 15 years, mm-hmm. and I find that there's a high propensity of entrepreneurial life coaches to focus on their business, retention. You know, one of the things I spend a lot of, one of my greatest goals in life as a content producer is to produce enough content that the person gets to such a good place that they deem my content less valuable. And they stop paying as much attention. And they come in for tune-ups, not day-to-day. I find that a lot of life coaches so worry about, and I'm empathetic to this, they so worry about their financial situation, their family, their selfish things, that they actually do a poor job of trying to solve everything mm-hmm. because they want the person to continue to pay them. If you're a fucking life coach, then be a fucking life coach. Have somebody's life get way better that they don't need you anymore and mm-hmm. let that build your business, not let me hold on to that person a little longer, let them pay a little more, a little longer. I, I think that a lot of life coaches fall into a very dangerous trap of, of solving their life, not their client's life. And mm. I think that's why a lot of them stay small. I think the way to get big is solve people's problems so that they go on and live life and they say, they meet up with their cousin and they're like, whoa, why are you so happy? Well, I've been working with this life coach. I don't work with them anymore because I'm good, all of a sudden, that word of mouth leads to another customer. And so I would say focus on acquisition through solving people's problems, aka solve someone's problems, let their word of mouth create new customers, versus retention, Mm. and not fully solving someone's problem. I've got this customer, I see that she's struggling with this, but I'm gonna keep that for a year from now, so she keeps paying me every month. Mm. I. I struggle with seeing that in a lot of people. And I'm very non-cynical. So for me to have this take on a lot of the people that I see means means that it is a, it's a scaled issue that needs to be talked about more. Yeah. And so actually- When you hear that, Fabiola, when you hear that, because that's a very interesting answer to your question. Yeah, I love it. When, that, when you hear that from me, how did that land for you? What went through your mind? Let's play role reversal here. What did you first, yeah. what did you first, what, did, what are you thinking right now after hearing that? Uh, I'm, normally I'm working with the premium clients and solve like a big issue for my clients. So what I, I see is help them with the problem and to they actually solve the problems and not thinking about retention, retention in forever and ever, but focus about solve the problems and then make them back to life. Do you agree with me that there's a propensity amongst the the, life coaches to uh, expectingly, because it's a human being, that they do a little bit at times fall into categories where they may be more selfish than selfless? 
what what I see is a lot of coaches is buying like hours and just forever and ever buying like their clients are buying hours like forever and ever and ever and not focus about the big problem they actually have solve it and and uh, Move on. go on in life. Yeah, I see it too. I see that it's a place for people to, de- it's like therapy and a lot of things. It's a place to leave a deposit, get slightly better, yeah. but not cut out the root of the issue. Yeah, finding the issue, solve it, and then. It's like medicine. People- it's like medicine. Yeah. It's the like me- it, the it, medical it. industry, right? Like, here's medicine to prolong your life to mitigate the bad, but meanwhile, let's get to the root of it. Is your mental happiness in a place where you're motivated to eat healthy and work out? That triangle. Is your spirit happy enough that you can put in the work, food and exercise wise and get that whole circle working instead of here's some medicine so you can keep Mm -hmm. eating like shit the reason you're eating like shit is you're unhappy in your marriage, your job, you're, you're anxious, you're insecure, you're hiding something and you haven't cut out that poison. We need more people in the world that want to cut out to the root of the issue, yeah. not, not what's happening or sustaining the damage of the issue. Yeah, so finding the roots, solve it, move and on. help more people, and move on. The biggest yeah. life, if I was to become a life coach, which yeah. is not in my destiny, but if I was, I would try to have clients as short as possible, yeah. solve to the truth, and I would build the biggest practice in the world because more people would solve versus maintenance. Totally. It's like, it's like when you get a root connect, it's when you get a toothache. Nobody, like in, tooth, in dental care, when you get a toothache, you don't go, you get Novocaine and then they fix it. They yeah. fix it. You don't want to go and get Novocaine every 48 hours, but unfortunately with mental health and with physical health, like mm-hmm. other things, we kind of do that. We don't yeah. solve. And uh, you yeah. know, my mission is Gary V in the world with my content. A lot of people, a lot of times my friends are like, it's very, you know, some people are like, it's very macro. I'm like, the macro shit is the thing. Like, it is yeah. about insecurity and confidence. It is. It is about taking poison out of your body and having a conversation of the thing that's bothering you the most with somebody that you love the most. That is the game. Yeah. And so a lot of coaches wants to help their clients, but are maybe afraid that, oh my God, I'm not that type of Gary Vee that can just show me to everyone. So how do they, what, 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 what can, can they think about all the fear of showing themselves, putting themselves out there so they well, actually can help more people? What, what would you recommend? Well, I would recommend that these life coaches should take their own advice. If you're a good life coach, you're inevitably getting to a place of fear versus confidence versus insecurity versus loving oneself versus outside people's opinions of themselves. So to me, 90% of these life coach conversations are often based on seven relationships. And these life coaches are trying to explain to these individuals that you know, it's not as scary to confront your wife or husband or mom or dad or boss or child 
and they're trying to build up their confidence to address the issue. For me, strangers on social media are even less scary than your family. You don't even know them. And so my advice to these life coaches is eat your own dog food, take your own medicine. What you're telling humans is what you should be doing with content. If somebody says you're stupid or that's wrong or, or you don't get views, that should not be battering your self-esteem. That should be enhancing your, at best, it should be enhancing your motivation to succeed and at, at least at any level, it should be noise and not something actually affecting your journey. Mm. What's another point in your life, now you have like millions of followers, what's another point in your life where you actually feel this scary thing of putting like, oh my God, now I reach a new million and a new million. That, that, the only time I've ever been scared of any human interaction was in my teenage years asking girls out was scary to me. I wasn't, I wasn't confident enough in that in my young age. Other than that, there's never been a point in my life where I've had any thoughts about anything about anything with human beings. I just don't value, at, you know, when I was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 even, then it started to fade away. I did value what a pretty girl's opinion of me was. I didn't want that, no. Other than that, other than that 15 to 19 year old range, there's never been a time in my life where I valued someone's no in any shape or form. What are you saying to yourself when you not value people's no's? What is it you say to yourself so you don't beat yourself up? It's a mix of I know who I am, they don't, and I'm empathetic that they don't know me. How could they know me? We haven't spent enough time together. They don't know how great I am. Okay. So it's kind of like, it's not like an, like I think a lot of people come from a place of insecurity and they're like, fuck that person, like fuck that girl, that boss, that guy, the audience, the world. You know how many people say to me at conferences, Gary, I'm the fucking best hip hop guy. The world just fucking fucking doesn't get it. I'm like, oh, they get it. You don't get it. You're delusional. Like the world is always right. You're always wrong. How it plays out is how it plays out. You know, to me, the reason it worked was I never got mad at anybody for not seeing me. Whether that was a teenage girl when I was in my teenage years or now. I mean, there's a lot of people who still don't fully understand me in any shape or form. I'm not mad at them. No. I'm indifferent. Did your mom or your, uh, did your family say something so you actually had that strong mindset? Of course, my, mo- you know, my mom instilled incredible levels of confidence in me because she, she cheered me on and made it to do every time I was a nice person and my validation system is how I treat others. You know, yeah. my confidence doesn't come from how much money I make or what I look like or you know, the trophies or the accolades or things of that nature. My validation system is how people feel about me that interact with me. My, I'm not worried about, I'm now, and I've got to run, I apologize, I'm late for a yeah, meeting. Okay. I now care more about what you think of me than yesterday. Right now, right this second. Because we've now started the process of spending some time together. Mm-hmm. I care a lot more what Dustin thinks of me who's sitting here filming me right now because we've had yeah. years now of context. I care more of what Alex Raffington thinks of me than Dustin because more years and she's in my inbox and so she really knows me. I care more what my sister thinks than Alex Raffington because she's my sister. Like, and so like, I think people struggle with that. Yeah. So I gotta run.
Cheers. Okay. Thank you for having Thank me on the you. show. Thank you so much, Gary. Have a nice day. You too. Mm-hmm.